Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, I am joined by award-winner singer-songwriter Holly Nicole Combs. Holly started as a child singing and songwriting, but didn't take it serious until after a traumatic divorce and the death of her father. So we're going to be talking to her about her life and her music and her awards and we're going to be talking about any current or upcoming projects that she's working on that we need to know about. So Holly, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Curtis. I appreciate it. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Holly Nicole Combs, and I am a singer songwriter from Thibodeau, Louisiana. Well, I just moved to Thibodeau, Louisiana, just in time for Hurricane Ida. I moved here, um, I guess it would be two years ago for love. <laughs> and um, I've been here ever since. Um, but yes, I'm a singer songwriter. I, like you said, I started singing and songwriting after um, a, a pretty traumatic divorce. There are some things that happened in that um, time period that were very dark. And then my, my best friend, my dad passed away. Um, so I really had nobody to talk to about things. I had no friends um, because in the marriage I was in, I was pretty much forced to not socialize with people. So I really didn't have a lot of friends and, that I was comfortable with talking to. So I just turned to songwriting um, after a couple of years after the divorce. And it's helped me heal from the trauma and uh, I've made friends in the process, and I've actually found love in the process as well. So, Well, before we go any farther, did everything work out with Hurricane Ida? You guys survived? <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're fine. Um, uh, I'm a school teacher during the day uh, when I'm not singing and songwriting, um, and the schools are pretty bad. We're having to, do, to share a school with South Terrebonne High School. Um, so we're going to be going half a day, I guess, until their school's back up and running. Um, we're going to be going in the morning and then South Terrebonne is going to be going in the afternoon. As far as us go, our, our house is fine. Um, Thibodeau got pretty messed up downtown. Homa is really bad, but we're blessed that our house, the only thing that got messed up is our gate <laughs> and that's it of our fence. Well, that is good to hear. So what kind of music do you do? Tell tell the audience what kind of style of music that they can expect to hear when they listen to you. I have several different types of songs out. I have um, I like to I like to uh, say that I'm a combination of Weird Al Yankovic and Tori Amos, um, but I'm also I can throw a little country in there too. I'm very quirky. I I do some pop. I do rap. The song that I won an award for, Hashtag, was actually um, a rap song. I do country. I do 
it's really hard to pigeonhole me. And I think that might be why it's really hard for some people to back me as far as A&R representatives. That's why I have to be very indie. <laughs> I'm basically your typical singer, songwriter, indie artist. I don't know what I am or where I belong. I created my own genre actually called Hope Folk um, because I don't, nobody had knew what to call me. So I decided, you know what? If nobody knows what to call me, I'm going to make a name for myself, Hope Folk. So that's what I call it, Hope Folk. <laughs> well, tell us about the award. Like you said, you won an award for Hashtag and you also won um, another award in 2019. So tell us about those awards and what it was like to win those awards. Yes. Um, well, it started out where there's a radio station that actually gave me the time of day. They heard a song that I wrote called Nana Boo Boo, um, which is basically about how you can be really good friends with somebody and then they completely ignore you later. And the DJ at that station really liked my song. And I would, you know, I, I, I latched onto that radio station like a little puppy because I was in their chat room every night talking to them and everything. And the ISSA awards came. And at that time, I had started writing a song with somebody else, but they ghosted me. I didn't hear from them ever again. And I needed another song for an album that I was creating called Narcissist with a Cost, which is basically about social media and society. So I said, you know what? This person ghosted me. I'm going to write a song that I'd never, like I'd never done before. So that's what gave me the idea for hashtag. Um, so this, this song that I wrote, hashtag, I got it produced and everything. And I had never performed it before. Nobody had ever heard it before. And this radio station, um, I, didn't, I didn't get nominated for an ISSA award, but they wanted me to go to the ISSA awards. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go to the ISSA awards. So I, I went to the ISSA awards. I got myself some thrift store dresses to make it look like I had money. And uh, I went to the ISSA awards and um, they asked me to perform a song before I went. So I, I, I did Nana Boo Boo because that's what everybody knew me for. And I said, you know what? I want to pull this one out of my hat. And I performed hashtag on the stage, which, which is completely different than Nana Boo Boo. Um, they weren't expecting this little white girl with curly hair, curly, crazy hair to start rapping on stage. So I started rapping and, and the independent musicians there were just cheering me on and clapping. They really liked it. And next thing I knew, I was nominated for a World Songwriting Award for Hashtag and I won. <laughs> so that surprised me. And that um, same year, I won the Music Mafia um, Female Artist of the Year Award. They, they really, I guess, because I, I just really developed a bond and a relationship and with uh, that radio station. And I still have a bond to this day. Like they're, they were worried about me during Hurricane Ida. They're like, oh, do you need a place to stay? And that's really what music is about. It's forming relationships and getting the chance to form relationships with people, you know. But. So tell us about how you actually got started singing as a child. What was it acquired? Did you have any training or did you just start on your own? Well, Prince, actually, I used to fantasize about being Prince. I sound nothing like Prince today, but that was my fantasy. I would just 
go to bed at night pretending like I was Prince, pretending that the sounds that came out of his mouth were coming out of my mouth. And, and I started that. And then uh, my parents bought me a keyboard. So I banged around on that. And then my brothers and sisters would be like, shut up. We're trying to sleep. So I kind of stopped doing that for a little bit, you know, when they weren't around. So I just kind of made a few songs, didn't think anything of it. So, no, I was never in a choir. I, I always sang in the bathroom, but I didn't really, I guess um, the songwriting, I knew I could write songs when I started teaching. And one day I was staying home from work because my child was sick and I heard the kids in the school behind me and they were singing uh, the freecreditreport.com commercial song. And I'm like, you know what? I bet my kids could remember what a predicate nominative was if I put what a predicate nominative was to that jingle. So I rewrote a song, the predicate, nom the, um, that was called the predicate nominative song. You want me to sing it for you? Yeah, go ahead. Because that's one of the things that I have musicians do when they come on. So yeah, go ahead and do it. All right. It goes, am, is, are, wasn't, looks becomes grows and feels all our linking verbs to make a predicate nominative you must know these words so you can rename a subject after a linking verb for example i am a really big nerd you are the best friend of big bird bigfoot is a doctor and sasquatch is a nurse don't <laughs> it went like that um i can't remember the rest of the lyrics because i haven't taught that jingle in a while they've removed predicate nominatives from the standards but um the kids loved those songs and they would sing them and they would beg me to sing them over and over again. And I'm like, huh, I didn't think anything of it. And then after the divorce, I just started doing, uh, writing my own stuff as a hobby. I bought a guitar um, and I started doing writing as a hobby. And that's when it's just like, God just sent stuff to me. You know, I would just start playing chords and these profound thoughts and things would come to my head and it would just come out. It was almost like I was a conduit for this information that was um, coming to me. And it's just now I just find it's almost like a spiritual experience for me, even though some of my songs are silly and crazy. It's almost like I feel like I'm close to God when I'm writing my songs. You know, let's hear but. some of the song hashtag. You sound like it's a unique song. So uh, spit some well, of it for us. Well, um, yeah, I, I guess I can. I don't have my music with me, but I can go ahead and just sing it for you. There's too much damn noise on the internet. Too much damn noise on the internet. <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't expecting to sing that. But um, it goes, people in marketing divisions are making crucial decisions. They tell us what we want and trick us with colors and fonts. With deep knowledge of SEOs, the corporate control of our five senses grow. They tell us what to taste. They tell us what to feel. They tell us what is real. And it, it's basically about how corporations are basically in charge of, of what all we think and what all we do. I wrote that um, as a response of... Um, because I was trying to get my music heard and I was trying to market my music. And it just seems like the people that can market their music the best are the ones that have a lot of money that can pay these marketing firms to market their music. 
So it seems like the, the people that are rich have a leg up of being more successful. So it seems like the top 1% have the biggest voice in the world because of how rich they are. They have control over the media because money buys everything, but it, it goes like that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so tell us about the albums that you have out right now. Um, my first album, Confessions from a Bathroom, Happiness is One Flush Away. That's the one where I basically processed my divorce and um, my father's passing. And after my divorce, all the crazy dates that I did. The first song, Two Eagles, is basically about how two people diverge on two paths. And then there's songs about friendships that I've created with people. There's songs about giving up on love for Lent because Lent fell on Valentine's Day one year. So I gave up on love for Lent. There's a song called Your Future Ex-Wife because I went on all these dates on these dating sites with these guys. And it was like I was a therapist for these people. They would just come and tell me all the problems they had with their ex-wife. They weren't ready to date. So I just ended up being more of a therapist than I was really um, a date to most people when I was online dating. So your future ex-wife is kind of the profile of what a typical ex-wife is and the view of, of a man. Um, but it also kind of helped me reflect about things and flaws within myself. So it was, it was a song like that. And then um, No Shave November is about basically how I gave up on dating. And then uh, right after No Shave November, during No Shave November, that's when I met Dustin, the man that I'm with right now, um, who basically told me I should probably get a producer to produce some of the stuff that I was writing. Um, so um, I had gotten approached by a couple of producers because I was just posting my stuff on Facebook. And Dustin was checking these people out because Dustin um, does music videos. I met him because... <laughs> I was kicked off of the dating site when I met him because I was, um, I stopped taking it seriously when all these guys were basically just telling me about their ex-wives all the time. So um, I uh, put on my dating profile that I didn't need a man. I just needed uh, somebody that could play guitar better than me. And Dustin sent me a message. He said, I can't play guitar, but I can make music videos. And I'm like, okay, well, send me your stuff and I'll tell you what I think. And then I was doing that with every guy, like a guy, somebody said they played piano. I'm like, okay, well, send me what you have. You know, um, I, I was more trying, I was at the point where I was trying to form a band, which was completely wrong. So one of the people that I asked to send me music to, I guess he reported me and said I was marketing on there and I was kicked off the dating site. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to make another profile again. So I just stayed off of there. Well, Dustin found me on YouTube and he messaged me. And ever since we've been together. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, that was my first album, uh, confessions from a bathroom. And then when I was trying to promote confessions of a bathroom, it was so frustrating. Um, trying to promote anything is frustrating because I don't have a lot of money to pay promoters and to get everything heard. The only thing I had was that radio station that was behind me 100% which is a blessing to even get one radio station behind you is, is a godsend. I had them behind me, but it was really hard to get anybody else behind me. So I wrote my second album, Narcissist with a Cause, because basically narcissism is 
is becoming key in society. The first song, of course, hashtag was about marketing and then Snapchat filter about how women try to make themselves, including myself, try to make themselves look better in their pictures and look different than they actually are. Um, so I'm, I try to do a combination of, of real shots and, but I also do try to do glamour shots too, but um, Snapchat filter. And then I have uh, the actual song Narcissist with a Cause that I did with a man named Lance Turner, who's also an independent musician, which is about people who do charities just so they have a way to go out in public and show off their gowns and show off their hair and to just make themselves look look like they care, but really they're just worried about how they look to their friends and to society. People play charity golf. They don't care about the charity. They care about hanging out with their rich friends. But I wrote that and I wrote some, some unrelated songs. Like I wrote um, a song about Homa. Homa's Where My Heart Is, which is on a, a Hurricane Relief album that was just released by Lagnap Exposure. If anybody wants to go check out Lagnap Exposure and um, support the victims of Hurricane Ida, they can go there. There is also in that album, a Christmas song called It Might Not Snow, which is a ukulele based song. Um, and it's, it's one of my favorites. It might not snow. And now I'm just doing a bunch of singles because uh, I, I can focus on one song at a time and promoting one song at a time. So I'm, I'm calling this group of songs that I'm doing the existential crisis of the crazy cat lady. And I was lucky enough to convince an Emmy winning songwriter to do a couple of songs with me. We actually did a side project called Badass Female Librarians. We did one song called Stripper Hoarder from the French Quarter. And we um, have another one out called Martin Van Buren, but it's not under female librarians. We decided to make that just Tali Nicole Combs and uh, Michal uh, Tauber. So we have that. And right now I am currently promoting my single Late Fees, which is a country song. That Am I answers, talking too much? No, that answered the, <laughs> the question that I had coming up next. So how can people hear your music and stay in touch with you? Give out your contact information, websites, social media links. Oh, yeah. You can find me on um, Facebook, Holly Nicole Combs Music. Um, I'm at Unicorn Holly 01. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Just type in Holly Nicole. You have to type in Holly Nicole Combs because there's Holly Marie Combs. I'm not as famous as Holly Marie Combs. So you have to type in the Nicole. If you type in Holly Nicole Combs, I'll pop right on up in the Google. So if you type me in, in Google, I'll come right on up. But Twitter, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple Music. I'm on YouTube. Um, and lately I have been promoting late fees and in my late fees video on YouTube, I am with a group of puppets. I have revealed to the fact to the world that I am living with a group of puppets who talk to me every day. Well, you definitely have a interesting story. Do you have a website or anything like that or just the social media? I do have a website, www.unicornunicyclist.com. Don't, right. it's, it's, it's a weird story about how, I don't even remember how that came to be, but I liked unicorn unicyclist. So <laughs> it doesn't really match my name, but that's my website. Sweet. 
You got any final thoughts before we close it out? I don't know. Is there anything else you want to know? What about you, Curtis? You, you're, how long have you been doing your podcast? Been doing it for a year, September 7th. How do you like it? Oh, it's pretty good. I get to talk to interesting people like you. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, yeah, I've listened to um, I listened to one that you did the other day um, with a Christian. I think he was a Christian radio promoter. I can't right. remember what. Um, but yeah, you did a really good job on that. I, I enjoyed listening to that one. You have a, I like your voice. You have a good voice. Well, I definitely try to do a good job. It's all about you guys and getting your story out and teaching and motivating and inspiring people to show them that we all can do something. We just got to put our minds to it and never give up. Exactly. And, and that's one more thing I want to make sure I reiterate that, you know, when I was 40 years, like I was almost 40 year old, years old when I became a songwriter. It's something that I fantasized about as a, a child, but I never thought I would be able to do. And just because you're a certain age, it doesn't mean that you can't be a songwriter. It doesn't mean that you can't start that business. It doesn't mean that you can't start whatever you always wanted to do. Don't let age stop you from doing anything. And that's one thing that I want to make sure I get across to people. Yep, that is the perfect message and perfect way to end it. Remember, listeners, never give up on your dreams. Also remember to follow, rate, review, and share this episode to as many people as possible so they can be encouraged to never give up on their dreams. And Android listeners, go to the Google Play Store and download the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast app. Holly Nicole Combs, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.